I feel like Halo is in a place right now where Halo Infinite, I mean, I know Phil Spencer said Halo is going to always happen. And it is. I mean, let's be real. It is. But I feel like Halo Infinite really needs to knock it out of the park. So as a longtime Halo fan uh, who has been disappointed with the past couple, I would much rather them just delay the game at this point. What's up, everyone? Welcome into Lightheart Gamers, episode 54. I'm your host, Alex Light with Sparky3. Hopefully, you're having an incredible day. Whatever day you're listening or perhaps watching this podcast over our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Sparky3. Make sure to give us a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. Be a friend. Tell a friend that you're watching. We greatly appreciate that. And, uh, man, do we have a loaded-ass show for you today. we got a lot of games we're going to be giving our thoughts on. Uh, we have the Tales of Arise demo that came out this week. We have John here in studio to talk about that. We have Humankind to talk about, 12 minutes. I'll be talking a little bit about Madden 22. As well as, well, we'll be giving our brief thoughts on Blissey, who was just added in Pokemon Unite. Give our thoughts there. And then we have a lot of other news going on with the Pokemon Presents, of course. Pokemon Legends to talk about. The Halo news, that's a pretty big topic there. Some more Blue Box Game Studios bullshit. Lots of stuff going on today for this episode. And join with me, as always, here in studio. i got Zach here. Zach, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. Ready to go through this. This is going to be a long one. This is going to be a long one. And like I said, we do got John here in the studio. John, how you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. I think this is going to be a pretty fun episode. I think so, too, man. We really do have a lot to talk about, a lot to take in, a lot to digest. Uh, if, you know, first things first, though, if you guys haven't checked out Lightheart Gamers episode 50, 50 uh, incredible video games you absolutely need to play, I definitely recommend going and checking out that episode. Make sure to go follow us at Twitter at LH Gamers Podcast. You can also check out my other podcast, Animan Plus, at Animan Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we do have a terrible football show that is set to come out here very soon. Uh, September 9th should release the first episode of a terrible football show with me and my boy Tyler. Really excited for that one. And lastly, if you want to support us, for, uh, support us further, the Patreon is a great way to do so. But don't feel obligated. But, hey, if you got a few extra dollars on the couch because you want to throw away, fantastic. If not, that's fine. Just be a friend. Tell a friend you're listening. We can call it good there. All right, boys. With that said, you guys ready to jump into it? We got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff. So I figured let's go ahead and just hop oh, into yeah. it. All right. So we're going to go ahead and lead things off with uh, our thoughts on some of these new games that's recently come out, demos and everything. Let's let's kick things off with Pokemon Unite. Uh, Blissey, you know, new support just dropped here this past week. How you guys feeling on Blissey? I think Blissey's kind of busted. I'm having a lot of fun playing. I know you guys are as well. You too. You two, you two with that double support bottom bullshit, like 3-0 and with that comp. I mean, you guys were having a good time there. Nobody said we were supports. I mean, fair, <laughs> fair. I was about to say, I mean, yeah, the comp that Alex talked about is John rolls down Blissey and I play Edelgoss, and we, it's a dumb lane. There's no reason it should work as well as it does and be able to push out most other comps. Right. Uh, do you guys see a potential? Do you guys think Blissey's too strong right now? Do you see a potential nerf? Because I, I feel like I, we could possibly see a nerf coming uh, at some point. I, I feel like Blissey might be a little bit on the, I mean, we haven't seen Gardevoir get nerfed. I was about so. to say, when they nerf Gardevoir, sure, yeah, Blissey could get nerfed. Yeah, yeah, Gardevoir needs a nerf first. No doubt about that. Yeah, but I, I feel like any sort of Blissey nerf would probably just be kind of a gut wrench reaction to actually having a strong support other than Edelgoss. Right. Yeah, no, I sort of agree with that. I mean, if she does get a nerf so quickly, the only thing I could think is maybe a cooldown increase so that she's not popping her skills as quickly. Right. That would that would actually make quite a bit of sense because I, I will say from playing Blissey, you never really have a moment when you can't do something. True. Because 
even like even your long cooldown is what like four seconds. Yeah, you talking about the egg move? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And then whatever I know the uh, the soft boiled uh, move that we we've, we've enjoyed taking. You know, it has three stacks for the heal, but even the the cooldown on it's like I think five seconds a stack or something like that. Yeah, it's five seconds stack, but two seconds per use. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing that's cool about Blissey is that, like, Blissey's very versatile. You know, like, both moves that you can choose between softball and, like, I think it's safeguard. Mm-hmm. And then the egg move and I don't remember the other one. Uh, maybe helping hand. It could be wrong. Yes, yeah. that is. Okay. I, I, it's, I feel like they're both, I mean, in my opinion, the egg move and softball is definitely, like, the standard great all-around, like, Swiss Army knife kind of comp. But, yes. like, safeguard and, like, helping hand, it's just, like, depending on who you're going up against, like, yo, that could... That could, those could be some really great moves to help you out. Yeah, out of all the Pokemon that we've seen in the game so far, I feel like Blissey's move is the most versatile. I mean, uh, we are seeing some others like Machamp, uh, Charizard, and um, Edelgoss now. Them sort of their moves getting switched around and using more utility wise. But I feel like for most everyone else, it's a standard set that pretty much everyone runs. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I, I know, kind of just saw this on the internet and stuff, but, like, you know, obviously a lot of people are upset that uh, Blastoise is still missing. You know, we currently only have three defenders, sure. But, I mean, let's be honest, with our three defenders, I feel like we're in a very good place with those three defenders right now. Yeah. But, meanwhile, support was really hurting. It was. Especially since Edelgoss got a nerf. I, I mean, you know, you, you nerf your one only healer out of the three supports you have. And it's just like, okay, fantastic. So, I mean, like, I understand people are upset. It's like, oh, where's Blastoise? You know, obviously, Kanto started Nostalgia Factor. And it's just like, you know, everyone thought that would be the next one coming. Uh, but, I mean, I'm, I'm very pleased that Blissey came next because our support pool was looking pretty weak. You know, because when it came to this support pool, you know, you know it, with, with how small it is, it almost reminds me, you know, as, you know, this being the MOBA that I've played the most, Heroes of the Storm, like, early times, you know, before they did a complete, complete, like, role rechange and everything, supports were just, like, yeah, like, what we have now in Unite, where it's, like, a mime support, a Wigglytuff support, and then healers were all just classified as a support. Yeah. You know, over time, heroes broke it up where you have supports and healers, and that's how it was for a while. There was a lot of... Supports that didn't that wasn't incredibly viable in a lot of cases. You know, like I know Tassadar. Tassadar had had its niche area where it could be successful. So that's why I'm. You know, me personally, I really like to see Blissey come in over Blastoise because I mean, I mean, I think Snorlax, Crustle, and Slowbro. I feel like all we're in a very good place with that right now. At least in my mind, I feel like all three are viable in their own way. Yeah, I'm agreeing with that. Blissey was probably the better choice because, as you're saying, out of our supports, there was only two with actual heals. Edelgoss was the more consistent one. Yep. Mr. Mine has a guard swap, which if he hit an ally, once the timer on that uh, ended, it would then heal him and his ally. But the thing about that is that skill can get caught by enemy or allies, mm-hmm. so you can very easily not hit the person you want. And even choosing that, you have to sacrifice walls, right? And walls are fantastic. Yeah, but there's also been some versatility because with guard swap, whoever you hit with confer- confusion just gets stunned. They don't have to be knocked into objects. Right, fair enough. Yeah, Blissey's overall, um, overall really fun time. I really enjoy Blissey. I'm glad I got you know that she got added to the game. Like I said, over Blastoise. Uh, let's transition over from there. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Twelve Minutes. Uh, that you know, John, you've got a chance to dive into this game. Zach, I know it's on your wish list. Something you want to pick up. You know, John, what what's your thoughts on Twelve Minutes? I have seen this game just you know for an indie game, it's being raved right now all over Twitter. Uh, Twelve Minutes. I will say when it. I don't remember when it got announced, but. When it was announced, it kind of got one of those short, like, little 10, 15-second announcements, brief description of the game, and I kind of forgot about it. 
Right. Saw it pop up on Steam for uh, coming out soon. Immediately purchased it. I don't have too much time into it right now. I got maybe an hour and a half into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for how simple of a concept the game is and kind of the limited interactions that you have at the start of it, the game is fantastic because it's essentially a time loop game where you you have a, a few minutes to uh, kind of search the room and all you have is your apartment. You have a living room, a bedroom, and a bathroom are the only places that you have to go. And there's limited objects that you can interact with and then there's your wife you can talk to. Mm-hmm. And when the timer counts down, cop shows up and more than likely... He's either going to knock you out or kill you. <laughs> okay. I mean, I know one of the big things, because this isn't indie, indie studio, uh, was the three people it had actually as voice actors. Yes. I'm blanking on the main two right now, but I know the cop, or the, the yeah, the cop is voiced by Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay, okay. And the, the husband and wife, I'm, Blanking on the the names right now. I think Zach's looking them up for me. Correct, I am. Uh, but well, yeah, William Defoe being involved is pretty legit, though. Yeah the the voice actors in it are like actually well known. Uh, yeah, they're all well known actors. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, you got James McAvoy, Ooh. Daisy Ridley, Ooh. and William Defoe. Oh. Oh, shit. Okay, this is a stacked lineup. Oh, yeah. shit. Those are your three yeah. main voice actors. Shit. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so the game is, it's like the game is essentially three characters, three rooms, and it's all about uh, dialogue interactions and objects you can interact with in the room. And you kind of go from there to try to reach, I don't know how many endings there are, but you, you go from from that simple concept. And um, like I said, I've got like maybe an hour and a half in the game right now. Haven't made it to an ending. Haven't made it too far, honestly, but it is fascinating because I've yet to really encounter a thought of going, well, I wonder if I can do this with this item and be told no. Everything I've tried so far, it's let me do, which is a great feeling. Out of curiosity, John, after playing this, would it interest you in messing with any of the other... uh, interactive drama movie or games that are out there? Honestly, probably. Okay. Because it's not generally a, a genre I've been too into, mm-hmm. but the general concept of 12 minutes immediately hooked me when I, when I heard about it. And after playing it, I'd be, it's like, I'm more interested in kind of exploring around seeing, seeing if I would enjoy other other games similar to it. Mm -hmm. Because that was one thing I was always curious about when I saw 12 Minutes is just because it seems like a much more simplified and streamlined version of some of those interactive thriller games that are out there, which I'm blank on some of them at the moment, but I know there's quite a few ones because there was um, one on PC. I can't, for the life of me, can't remember, but it was the one where people had a theory on the ending because it was like a woman more or less questioning and going through videos to try and figure out what's happened. And there was a theory of it's either she has split personalities or there's two sisters, but you never see both of them at the same time. 
and the creator of the game went, one of those is correct, but I'm not going to tell you which. <laughs> Cheeky. Also, before we move on to the next topic, I want to give a funny shout out here. Uh, I sent Jimmy a picture from uh, the Twitter page. How long does it take to beat? And this, in this case, it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And oh, it, that troll ass! Yes, thing. that troll ass bot. And, and the the tweet was: uh, It takes an average of forty three hours to beat Assassin's Creed Odyssey. One hundred thirty six for completions. And Jimmy's just like bullshit. One hundred thirty six is lowballing it. So shout out to Jimmy and shout out to Assassin's Creed and how long it takes to beat it. Uh, Let's transition over to there. Uh, So this past week we had the Tales of Arise demo come out. This is a game that I know, John, you are so unbelievably pumped for. And you got a chance to play the demo. What are your thoughts on it? Okay, so I was already excited for Tales of Arise just from seeing the trailers and everything. Actually getting hands-on with the demo. I cannot wait for this game to actually come out now. Okay, okay. Because so far, I will say, it's it's been a long time since I've played a game and just kind of been sitting there giddy with excitement as I've been playing it because of how fun, like, just the combat mechanics are. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it started out fairly, like, fairly simple for me, just trying to figure out what I could do. And as you kind of explore around... Uh, the combat system, it actually flows extremely well. Uh, but the the demo kind of, op- it opens up and it's before you even start it, you have, you pick between one of six characters mm-hmm. uh, that you, becomes your playable character, which I believe you can change uh, during it. I haven't changed yet. I've just been playing through them, playing through the demo, picking one and then the next and the next. Mm-hmm. Uh and the demo kind of drops you into one of the open area environments where you can walk around, encounter like encounter monsters in the area, fight them off, uh, gather cooking materials and gather mining materials and everything. And uh, for each of the characters just in the zone that's there, uh, they all have like a weapon chest that actually has a weapon upgrade for them just to show you kind of how, uh, how the equipment system works. And so far, it has been fun as fuck. The demo is takes about an hour if you're taking it kind of slow, exploring mm-hmm. around, doing every combat encounter. Uh, but if you kind of run through it, it'll take about 20, 30 minutes or so. And it, it teaches you the general combat mechanics versus uh, just random mobs that you would fight in any other Tales game as you're walking around. Right. And then uh, also has... Uh, boss fight, like kind of boss fight encounters uh, as well. Out of curiosity, John, because you're saying how much you like the combat, is it uh, action turn-based or what style is it? It is uh, an entire action-based system uh, where it kind of, as with kind of all the Tales game, kind of locks you into mm-hmm. a circle arena once you encounter the enemy and uh from in there, there's action dodges. The art system in the demo, I think you have. I think it was nine casts that you have, and it's essentially just little blue diamonds over your health bar to display what you have. And the arts, you can certain characters use more uh, more charges of it mm-hmm. per per ability cast. 
and you can equip different arts for ground combat and aerial <coughs> combat. Okay. So there's a, and you can have three ground and three aerial equipped at one time, which is what makes the combat as fluid as I was it is. About to you, say you can do, be doing a ground combo that launches into an that has an aerial launcher on mm-hmm. it, follow them up in the air, and then continue comboing them in the air. And then every character has their own variation of uh, also drag down attacks. Gotcha. So you can combo from the ground to the air, back to the ground. So depending on how many arts they have in the game, it's very easily going to be a very wide system to fight play with for fighting. Yeah, the casters and half casters of like what are casters in, as in like general casters yeah. for other games... Uh, tend to have a lot more unlockable arts as well as uh, the two main characters. They both have more than the side characters that you could play as, yeah. or at least the ones that I've played as so far, which it's it's kind of fun too because in the demo you can l- I've gone maybe five levels up mm-hmm. uh, in a run just kind of seeing what un- if anything more unlocks and you get it's like you'll get more art unlocks as you're as you're leveling up as well. So you get a little bit of extra diversity in there. Gotcha. I got two questions for you. Question one, number one. Um, does you know this demo, does it just make you wish that we had more demos come out for single player games? Because I feel like that's kind of a thing of a past, you know, and we don't get it as often as we used to. And question number two, uh, you know, I'm gonna use myself as an example. With you know, me, I've never played a single tails game in my life. Does Traitor. this dip fuck off does this game uh you know the demo do you think this could be like a really good starting point for any new player getting into the tail series potentially i guess a lot of that would depend on if if people like the action combat system mm-hmm. i know some people much prefer turn-based yeah fair, and, fair. and for those people they're it's like just the action-based system alone is probably going to turn them off of it well as far as new players <coughs> I mean, if you've got a PlayStation, Xbox, uh, any console I would that it's available on, I would recommend downloading the demo and giving it a shot because it's gonna give you a pretty good taste of what you're you're gonna get overall. Right. Uh, and as far as demos for single player games, I think it kind of depends on the game. Like this one, kind of makes sense because a lot of the Tales games are about walking through open fields with enemies all around, gathering materials. Uh, so it it kind of, an environment like that tends to work well for a demo in this case. Uh, but like heavily story-driven games that don't have environments like that, it might be a little bit harder because you're either going to be having to play through a decent story bit or some action bit uh, in most cases, I feel. Yeah, I would agree with John there because, I mean, last demo I messed with was the Outriders demo. Right. And they released that like a week out before Outriders came out. And what it was was just the opening chapter of the game. So they gave you pretty much the entire opening, which was very fun and easily replayable. But yeah, for games like that, you need some sort of open area, really. 
Gotcha. Shout out to Outriders. We're going to be talking about that uh, situation here in a little bit as well. And uh, just to unlock a core memory for people, do you guys remember the old like uh, like demo discs that you could get back in the day? Man, those, are, those were good times. Yeah, I got a stack of them sitting in an old PlayStation driver's case. Nice, man. Yeah, I, I had a I had a handful of them for the GameCube uh, with multiple demos. I remember one. Uh, the one that sticks out to me the most was the one that had like Beautiful Joe, Splinter Cell. <laughs> yeah, that good times, man. Good times. Hope uh, hopefully I unlock some core memories for people. Uh, Zach, why don't you talk about Humankind? That game just dropped on Tuesday, I believe, yep. right? Uh, what what do you think about uh, Humankind so far? Humankind is very fun. It is a the easiest game to compare it with is Civilization because it is that history historical uh, strategy game. The main difference with it, with humankind that I find is that in which humankind has entirely different systems. So anyone who's played civilization was interested in, I definitely say, give it a try. Don't expect civilization because none of the systems are the same. (laughs) Um, Because like, even like in civilization where you choose an actual civilization, humankind sticks to its name and you're not playing a civilization. You're playing as the humans you lead because you start as just nomads once you get enough science points you can then choose a culture to choose as then you from there you progress and it's never what civilization you are it's just what culture you are at the time because as you progress in the game and get uh what's called era stars which is from performing different things you can then progress to the next era and either you can keep your current culture or move change to another culture and then each culture also has its own like specific play style it's supposed to be uh, specialized for because the overall thing of the game is so here's the bad thing about this game <laughs> um so when it starts up it just starts you in and it's just like here choose your color choose your symbol make your persona person and then it's just like then you hit play it just throws you into a game i've been playing the same game for about a week now because I can't put a whole lot of time in just to sit down and play it, just a whole game. Right. I don't know how to finish the game. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do not know what the win conditions are <clears throat> no. because I, because I hit play and it just threw me in there. I was like, at first I was like, Oh yeah, let's just go into it. Then I started getting into progressing and I hit like turn a hundred. I'm like, shit, how do I finish? <laughs> so, uh, I've, so at this point, I'm about to finish that game because I assumed, well, if I kill everyone, I assume the game's going to end. Safe assumption, yeah. Yeah. But I really do like it, as I said. Com- best game to compare it to is Civilization, but all the systems are very much different. As as I said, just even just picking your culture, settling, and Civilization, you have settlers to build cities. In Humankind, you start out with, you have to acquire culture points, which allow you to build outposts, which you can then turn into cities. And then okay. you have a cap on how many cities you can have at any given time, but you can have as many outposts as you want. And the map's section down into territories. If you have an outpost there, it's a it's sort of uh, dashed off as your area, but once you get a city, it becomes solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, combat's different. You can stack units into a regiment. Then when you attack somebody, it expands out into a, a hexagon battlefield where each unit has movement and attacks and everything. Uh, diplomacy is very different in terms of just like war. You have to, if you can always do a surprise war and piss everyone off, or you can actually acquire war support from your people to allow you to actually fight uh, things like that. Whenever you defeat a civilization or another culture, you don't actually remove them from the game. 
Instead, what you do, you can either, whenever a war finishes, you have um, war points, which are acquired based on however much uh, war morale you have left, and uh, just overall how the combats went. And with that, you can use it to make demands of whether they pay you money, whether they give you cities, or whether they become your vassal, and more or less, you own them. They still continue playing the game, but anything they acquire or do, you own that. So, yeah. (laughs) So it's definitely an interesting concept of this. Whenever someone's defeating in a war, they just aren't just killed off. They're still playing. They just have to listen to your ass now. (laughs) Right. Technology is fairly similar to most uh, tech trees from this style of game of just you get, you produce science, you choose your tree, you carry on. The only weird, the only odd thing about it is you're locked into an era's tree until you go into the next era versus like civilization. Your era is uh, progressed as you move, break into that stuff. Yeah, and that's the main systems and whatnot. But yeah, I eventually found out that if I take everyone else as my vassals, I will end the game. Okay, well, at least you found the win condition. Yeah, <laughs> other, other than that, I assume there's a time limit of turns, and mm-hmm. whoever has the most fame points uh, wins, and you acquire fame by either dis- being the first to discover wonders, completing certain tasks on the map, mm-hmm. which you can see, or, as I said, each culture has a specific specialized play style, and in each era, you can get a uh, era star three times for each... Uh, way to acquire those stars. If you get a star for your specialized, you get more fame points, but each one gives you fame points. So, Okay. Overall, you would say this is definitely a, a good pickup for people who are interested in, like, you poop, play, civ, and think games along those nature? Yeah, anyone who's interested in those um, historical strategy games, I would definitely say give it a shot. Um, What's the price point? It's a full $60 game. Okay. Um... I'd say give it a shot. Uh, if you really, if you're unsure about it, probably wait for it to go on sale because with how the systems and everything, it is just completely new system mechanics. You can take stuff you've played from other uh, historical strategy games into it, but I could definitely see that these systems not being for everybody. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, I'll talk very briefly here on uh, the new Madden Madden 22. I did pick it up. How's th- that? Because on PC, everyone hates that shit. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, everyone hates it in general. You know, you Madden fans, it's tough to please them. You know, it is. Which, you know, I can understand. It is it is EA we're talking about here, okay? I, I get it. Um, I am playing it on the PS5 right now. Um, and the first thing I do want to address, I will stand by this, and this goes for not only Madden, this goes for FIFA, NBA, anything else. I don't believe any sports game out there is worth the next generation price tag. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. I do, I, I do not believe it's worth that seventy dollars price tag. I just don't. Um, you know, I understand why it's at that price tag to give you like you know the enhancements that the system that you're getting on can play, like the adaptive trigger ha- enhancements and whatever. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, we, we we can see some other games coming out. You know, that aren't gonna be at that next gen price. Like Halo Infinite's gonna launch at sixty bucks. Guardians of the Galaxy's gonna launch at sixty bucks. You know, they're not gonna be at that seventy dollars price tag. Um, so that's the first thing I do want to say. I don't think it's worth seventy dollars. Now, will I get my seventy dollars out of it? Absolutely. I'm gonna dump a lot of hours into it just playing my franchise. Right. So you know. It, I relate that kind of similar to how John felt towards Biomutant. He didn't think it was worth the price tag of 60 bucks, 
but it was fine for him because he got what, you know, the, the game gave him what he wanted at the time. And that's how I feel right now with Madden. You know, I want to play a football game. You know, Bears have put together a good roster this offseason. I want to I want to fucking play a football game. I'm in the mood. Uh, obviously, the big thing about this is the franchise mode. They've made a lot of changes on it uh, after the backlash from Madden uh, 21 where they did nothing to it after, you know, again, it's been the same franchise for five fucking years. Um, so they did do a lot of upgrades to it, uh, making it more have more like kind of RPG elements where you have, you can hire coordinators again, just shout out to that, uh, skill trees for yourself and your coordinators to give you different uh, bonus points, etc. You have your player personnel that you can upgrade as well. The scouting's a lot more in-depth. Uh, you have uh, press conferences that you can do, things along those lines. I haven't checked out owner mode, so I don't know any differences between that one. I know owner mode is normally different anyway with press conferences and stuff, but I have not done that yet. Uh, gameplay is what you would expect. It's good. I mean, I mean, there is glitches, as Madden always has. Madden always has bugs and glitches. You know, just expect that. That's the norm. Um, you know, but the gameplay, for me, I feel like it's really smooth. I, I feel like it's a good time. You can really feel everything happening, at least with the PS5, that, uh, with the DualSense. You really can feel everything going on. You know, your player running, your, you know, the tackles that you make, the throws, the catches, everything. If that, it does feel awesome. I will say that. Uh, I, overall, I do think the graphics look pretty dope. Um, you know, I, I feel like this is a good first step for what they can do for the franchise. Um, now it's just if they're going to maintain that and keep growing, which is what I told you my concern was when we got all this stuff, you know, weeks ago before, you know, back in July, whatever, yeah. is this is all cool and all, but what are we going to do to keep growing? Is Madden 23 going to be a copy-paste of this franchise? Yes. Or are we going to have more stuff? It'll probably be a copy-paste, you're right. Um, but, I mean, I... Like I said, I don't think it's worth that spending dollars price tag. I'm getting my, I'm going to get my worth out of it. You know, I, I went into it knowing, like, ah, I don't think it's worth this, but I'm still going to buy it because I want to play it. Um, so if it's one of those things where it's like, you've been really burned on Madden before, as probably almost everyone has, I would probably wait for Black Friday. I've been a Black Friday Madden buyer for the past four years because it usually goes on sale for 25 bucks. Yeah. Um, so that's usually when I pick up Madden. This is the first time since probably like Madden 15. Uh, that I actually picked it up uh, day one. Um, but, I mean, I'm having a good time so far, but then, again, I'm, I'm in that mood. So, again, it goes back to what John has talked about with Biomute in the past, just in the mood for it. Which, this brings me sort of a question for you, Alex. Uh, I can't remember. You probably know better than me. The possible college football game that's in the works, is that being done by EA or is that someone else? That is being done by EA, yes. Okay, so seeing what they've done with this new Madden, does it give you hopes or slight concerns going into NCAA? I actually have a lot of hope for uh, uh, NC for for the college football game, and I have a lot of hope for a couple of reasons. The reason number one is even though EA um, they've dropped the ball when it comes to some sports games, right? You know the NHL sports games they've dropped the ball on the Madden they've dropped the ball on FIFA. Overall, to my understanding, they do pretty well on. Um, I will say, you know, even though they they do well on these games, you know, on like FIFA for example, and the people complain about NHL and and uh, Madden. One common complaint that people have across the board is the fact that EA doesn't come up with some brand new unique engine for these games. They use the Frostbite, yeah. which is commonly used for FPS games. So it's just like, why the hell would you use that for a sports game? And now also, a little tidbit, um, NHL 22 is actually transitioning to the Frostbite for the first time ever. Uh, they've, they've still been using an old uh, Ignite engine. Uh, but people have liked that because, uh, you know, the gameplay makes it more, kind of more smooth. They have yeah. gameplay developments. But in terms of the college football game, um, I, ha I do have faith um, because EA knows this needs to succeed because of the sheer amount of hype behind it. And EA, I feel like his showing that they understand that by we've mentioned it here on the podcast before 
hiring people from college football revamp. Yeah. That is a giant mod for NCAA 14 that you can get on your PC, your Xbox 360, or PS3. Like, the fact that they actually went, EA has gone out of their way to hire people from college football revamp and actually give them legitimately important positions, one of the, one of the guys being, like, a, one of the directors for college football, I, it gives me hope. Because to me, that says, okay, we understand that this project, like, bringing this back is a massive deal. We get that. So I do have hope. And I will say, now that uh, the NIL uh, laws are, like, officially pretty Mm -hmm. much set in stone for college football athletes, shout out to everyone that is a college football athlete that can make money off their likeliness, uh, that's just going to make the game better. Because, you know, going in, you know, the one reason EA had this game slated for 2023, even though they announced it this year, was because they wanted to wait for their NIL to pass. I mean, because, I mean, as we saw, like, you know, the, the... there was a handful of schools that already publicly backed out. You know, the EA had already said they had over a hundred colleges that were on board. I believe there's 132 colleges in division one. And I know out of the ones that backed out, one of the most notable, for example, is Notre Dame. That's, yeah. that's obviously a very massive college football team, but, and they've like, not, we're out. We're not going to be in the game unless the NIL stuff goes through. So our players can make money off their likeness. So between the NIL and what EA is doing to making steps, you know, for that game, I legitimately have a lot of faith for it. I really do. Okay. But I will, like, again, I will, you know, just to finish off my Madden 22, unless it's something you really want to play, wait for Black Friday. That's all I got to say on that. One thing to kind of bounce off, uh, Go kind for of it. related to that. Because all of these varying sports games, yep. every, they're, they're yearly games that come out, very little changes with them every single time. Correct. I, I know it's not going to happen. I really wish that the developers or the publishers or somebody would realize they're just giving us the same thing. People are getting kind of tired of it. Yeah. And it, I kind of wish the price point would drop down to like $40 for sports games. I could see that. Just and over, I would like that. Just overall, I feel like, especially since every year, every new release, no matter if it's uh, football, FIFA, hockey, whatever, whatever game it is, it always gets backlash. Yeah, everyone always complains about it because everybody's like, "I just paid sixty, and now it's gonna be I'm, I'm paying seventy dollars for this new game." Not a lot changed, and people are always gonna be feel burned by that. Yeah, if they drop that down to forty dollars, which I feel is fairly reasonable, I think think it would go a long way to make people a little less outraged if something's not quite changed how they wanted it to, or if they didn't change it enough. I agree 100%, honestly. Um, you know, whether it be 40 or even 50 bucks, you know, because I mean, these games, they they will add new stuff to it every once in a while. Like, I know one of the new things that was added, like Madden, I believe it was introduced last year and it's back this year is like the yard mode. Yeah. I've never personally fucking played it. They've, they've tried to further. They've they've tried to further advance like the single player franchise like face of the franchise mode whatever they've tried to advance that and you know there is some new stuff that but it's just not enough new stuff so I mean you're right and I I would I would be on board with that I think that would be a great decision for sports games is a forty or fifty dollar price point yeah uh, probably, probably not gonna happen no would, it won't would, <laughs> it's EA it's like, I would love <laughs> and two K because it's like especially two K yeah like, the NBA, like all of the NBA games it's Almost a copy paste it is. every single year, to the point where I'm, I'm pretty sure for the last three years, the same logo like for desktop icons, 
the only thing that's changed in it is the number. Is the number. <laughs> and then some, it and has. I, and I think this last year didn't even change that for some people. Yeah. No, and when an NBA is a very special case because I don't, I, I can't remember if it, if it's still being done or not, but I want to say that even with, you know, NBA 2K22s coming out, uh, with NBA like 2K20 and 2K21, I want to say 2K updates the rosters for you to have yes. the future rookie. Yes, so it's like you're literally spending $60 for just a, a new reskin of the game. Like there's, there's no point in buying it because they literally give you one of the big draw points the new games, which is the rookies. Yeah, no, which is great for me because I play a sports game once every, like, eight years. <laughs> so, like, I still have, like, a NBA uh, 2K20. And, yeah, no, it updates the rosters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I'm with you, John. I think that would be good for, for sports games as a 40 or $50 price tag because, uh, I mean, I can't – I just can't get over it. I just don't think – you know, Madden should be at a $70 next-gen price. I just really don't, man. If Halo Infinite, if Guardians of the Galaxy, like these big AAA games like that coming out, if they're going to stay at a $60 price tag, why the fuck is Madden at 70 bucks? I mean, I, I get it's EA. That's why. I, I'm not dumb. I get it. But it's just like, eh, it's not worth it. One thing I just want to throw out there before we get past this is in, just because I don't play sports games, I didn't realize all the 2K and EA ones were on the Frostbite system. But you know what would be fucking awesome? Hmm. A first-person NHL game. That would be pretty dope. You know, I, w- I would love to see them do that because let's be honest. Hey, that come would be on. confusing as hell. Okay, well, come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, NHL is not a blowout seller. Let's take some chances over there, right? Let's take some, let's take some risks. Let's see what we can do. You know what I mean? So I, I would be, I'd be cool with that. All right, so going over from there, uh, we're going to hit our rumor mill. Uh, just friendly reminder, these are strictly rumors. We're not stating their facts here. Don't shoot the messengers. We're just letting you know what could potentially happen. All right, so let's run through it. First thing, uh, there was a datamon file recently that could indicate that Last of Us 2, the multiplayer that is set to come out, uh, could potentially include a BR. Uh, that would be very interesting there. Uh, this next one, now this is one that's been rumored for a while, but I did see some more rumors pop up on it, that Xbox Live Gold could soon go away and be just simply replaced with Game Pass Ultimate. That would make a lot of sense. I mean, game game Xbox Live Gold is kind of garbage at this point. Uh, Netflix is apparently working on a Dishonored series. That would be pretty interesting. Uh, now, this one was a rumor. And then Jeff Keighley kind of ruined the rumor for me. I thought I had something going with this one. I was like, all right, cool. I think I was the one of the first ones to find this. Uh, but Saints Row Reboot is apparently to be announced later this month. That's pretty much confirmed at this point. Uh, Jeff Keighley teased it that it will be on opening night of Gamescom coming up this week. So if you're a Saints Row fan, look forward to that. And the other thing with the, that killed it was once he posted that the Saints Row Twitter fucking blew up <laughs> active. Bingo. So it's just like, gosh, damn it. Um, apparently, Rocket League could potentially move to Unreal Engine 5. That is in the rumor mill right now. Uh, now, this one was kind of interesting. This one I just found actually today. Uh, NetherRealm seems to be prioritizing Mortal Kombat 12 over Injustice 3. That, again, is just a rumor, but that is pretty interesting. Uh, apparently, King of Fighters 15, the rumored release date, is going to be uh, February 17th of 2022. I do know that uh, King of Fighters 15 will be shown off at some capacity at Gamescom. We know that so that's just the rumor to release there uh the gta trilogy that we talked about last week apparently that could be pushed to 2022 i did see a couple of uh insiders saying that they would not be surprised if it was a 2022 release and not this year uh michael incels uh who has done like rayman beyond good and evil for example his new game wild that was announced like in 2014 uh it appears to be completely dead according to jeff grubb that game is dead 
it's just canceled. It's not going to happen. So big rip to that one. And the last little bit in the rumor mill is apparently Destiny 2 Season 15 is going to be called Season of the Lost. Queen Marasov returns in this season. Uh, boys, you got any quick thoughts on anything in the rumor mill right now? No. No? Okay. What about you, John? I know you're a Rocket League fan. How do you feel about it going to Unreal Engine 5 potentially? I'm a, I mean, I'm in a love-hate relationship with Rocket League. <laughs> Fair. It's kind of in the hate stage right now. Play, oh, a little, okay. play a little bit earlier. It was fun for about four matches. <laughs> okay, okay, it okay. Kind of, it kind of fell off pretty quick. Okay, fair enough. Well, All right, let's let's get over into the uh, the quick news in. Uh, so, still talking about Destiny, we do have a Destiny showcase scheduled for eight twenty four at nine a.m. Uh, PST. So, if this is going to be called Season of the Lost, we will find out there. Let's talk about Blue Box, Blue Box Game Studios. We do have an update on this bullshit situation. So uh, Hassan, who is, of course, the founder of Blue Box, recently had an interview uh, about Abandoned with uh, uh, ME. He does admit the trailer app was a massive disaster. Uh, The game has officially been pushed back to 2022, which is not surprising. It was supposed to come out this year, and we've seen, obviously, nothing on this fucking game. Um, He does say it's apparently a shooter survival game. He says it has some horror elements, but it is not a horror game. It's not what people think which is Silent Hill. Um, he, you know, he did give the interviewer an exclusive rundown of the game's plot, and you know, they did follow up, and the interview was saying that it is for sure not Silent Hill or Metal Gear. It is very, very different. And, of course, as per, you know, expected, the plot is to be kept secret here. Um, you know, Blue Box did also say that anyone who purchased their previous game, which I believe was Rewind, that was canceled, will get abandoned for free. So now the question is, is, is this saga finally come to a close? Is this act, you know, it, can we, is it finally to a point where we can just be like, okay, I guess you really are an indie developer and you, and you just really were an asshole and played into this whole thing. I mean, if this is actually an indie developer and Kojima was just being troll of shit as Kojima is, it still brings up my question from last week. How the hell is the studio still alive? Yes, because of that there, long there list. There is no reason this company should be financially stable <laughs> and able to run as long as it has. Dude, that's so true. The amount of projects they've started and stopped is unreal. And it's like what we were talking about with you know them getting like the Sony blog post. They got to spend a lot of money to Sony to get that. Yes. So I'm with you. How the hell is this company still open? It blows me away, but man, I, I don't know. I feel like this interview, I feel like it I feel like we can finally put this one to rest. I, I, I I'm kind of more on the side of okay, I guess you are actually an indie developer. <laughs> but for all you who still like to wear your tin full hounds, he was paid off. Yes, yes, he probably was. <laughs> I, got, I got one question because I'm not as deep into this as you guys. I'm very are. deep in bullshit. I'm very deep in the hole. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've noticed you guys get kind of passionate about this. <laughs> So they said people who bought their previous game that yep. didn't get canceled. Yep. Yes. Get this game for free. Yep. Yes. That how was ma- back in 2015, too, How by many the way. people do you think bought their previous game? Nobody. I don't think they're taking a hit on that. <laughs> I don't think they're taking a hit on it anyways, because, John, we went through a whole list last week yep. of crap they've done. I, I listened to some of it. Okay. Yeah, I, but you guys you guys just kind of kept going. I was like, all right, let's just find the end of this. <laughs> 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 yeah, from like 2015 to now, man, they've, they've started and stopped multiple projects. Uh, the one that uh, we're referring to that people could have purchased was Rewind, which did actually have a Kickstarter. I mean, you can find the information on Rewind online still, like that, hey, it was an actual thing. And, you know, people did obviously pay to the Kickstarter. So, yeah, there there were people who, who basically essentially bought Rewind and will get this game for free. But, I mean, at this point, like I don't know. that. See, when I read that part that – that single part there, I was like, okay, that kind of tells me that this could actually just be a legitimate indie developer. 
But I don't know. It's I'm still gonna I'm still gonna say that if it is Kojima and it's Silent Hill, I'm not gonna be fucking surprised. I'm just not. Do you think it's actually gonna come out? That that's 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 the golden question. Considering John, <laughs> the history tried to release about like four games previous to this. No. All right, so Zach's putting money on no. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and side with it. I'm gonna say no. Abandons not. Well, I mean, it might because you, one thing you got to keep in mind is this is a Sony exclusive. So, I mean, if it doesn't come out, you know, I could see that. But if it doesn't come out, Sony's gonna fuck them. Well, guess what, Alex? <laughs> if it comes out, our asses is buying it, and we're gonna play it. Just so this rabbit hole can friggin' end. Yeah, I know. If it comes out, I have to buy it. I don't have a fucking choice. You and me are going to sit our asses down, set up a camera, and go through whatever bullshit this is. I know. I don't have a choice. I, I really don't. It's like the same thing where for the longest time when me and Nick were plugging Diablo Immortal, neither of us actually wanted to really play the game, but we acknowledged with how much we talked about it, we were going to have to fucking play it. And it's the same thing here with Abandoned. I'm going to have to play this game if it comes out. I don't have a fucking choice at this point. I'm too far down in the hole. Anyway, let's uh, keep going over some news here. Uh, Aloy from uh, Horizon Forbidden West has been added to Genshin Impact. Uh, new, That's weird. It is weird, and she did look weird. Uh, new Ace Combat game has been announced to be in development on the 25th anniversary for Ace Combat. Uh, WWE 2K22, the trailer was dropped here at SummerSlam with a March 22 release. Shout out to the fact that this is going to be like one of the only sports games where the year in the title is actually going to be the year that it comes out. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, all right, now one random thing I don't really want to talk about it in full detail, but it was pretty cool. I definitely recommend everyone go check it out. Is IGN recently had an interview with Sky Blivian. Uh, this is a huge mod that's currently being worked on of Oblivion with the Skyrim engine, bringing it up to be- you know beautiful graphics of what we know for Skyrim and everything now. Uh, I definitely recommend going and giving this interview a read. It was very fascinating, especially that the, the Sky Oblivion team, they've had interactions with Bethesda. And it's one of those things that Bethesda, it's like, they're silently supportive of it. You know, they can't necessarily be openly supportive, but they, but like they'll just they're just like, yeah, keep, keep going. You're, you're doing great. We just can't say it out loud. So I definitely recommend giving uh, go give them that interview a read. I thought it was pretty cool. Scott Oblivion looks pretty dope. Uh, this past week we did have QuakeCon 2021. Um, here we go. Skyrim has now passed Resident Evil 4 for the most re-releases in gaming history. Uh, Skyrim uh, Anniversary Edition is coming out 11-11-21. You know, we should have seen that fucking coming. It is a 10-year. We should have seen that fucking coming. You know, at this point, we're never going to get, you know, Mario Kart 9. We're never going to get, you know, fucking GTA. We're never going to get Skyrim because people are just going to keep buying this, these damn games. I mean, what do you mean we're not going to get Skyrim? We've gotten Skyrim I mean, over uh, and over I mean, and over I mean, and over. I mean, Elder Scrolls 6, sorry. Um, but, yes, uh, you know, 11-11-21, the Anniversary Edition. If you already have uh, the Special Edition, you get a free upgrade, so that's pretty cool. Fishing was added to the game. Shout out to you, John. I know is, you're excited for that. Is that is that, up, <laughs> is that upgrade for any system you have it on? Probably. Yeah, it should be. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you'd be... <laughs> now, the one thing I did think was I think actually... I, I think I actually do have the Special Edition on Steam, even though I shouldn't have bought it again. I have it for PS4 and Xbox One. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to be up front. <laughs> How do you feel that's going to work we with everyone? Problem. <laughs> Fuck off. How do you feel it's going to be like for anyone who has it on Alexa? All right. Anyway, <laughs> one cool thing that I did think that they were going to do is 500 plus of Creation Club content is going to be added to the game. I thought that was super cool. Uh, I've never 
got anything from Creation Club because that's stuff that you do have to purchase, and I just haven't wanted to. But like I know with like Skyrim, for example, some examples of things that you could have purchased is like let's say the Knights of the Nine gear from Oblivion. You could purchase that from Creation Club uh, to have in Skyrim. So the fact that you're gonna have 500 plus items, weapons, armor, a quest lines, whatever. Oh, that's uh, just added in. That's, that's just added oh, in. Oh, I, I I read that. It, I thought it was for some reason. Uh, like things that you could enable if that's just added in that's actually pretty cool yeah like that like to what from what because that was one thing that was very confusing to me in the initial reveal is like okay is you enable it or or do you still have to buy it or is it just added in from what i gathered you it's just added in so you're what you're telling me a long ass game just got longer bingo that is correct but i mean i still thought that was pretty cool um other things that happened at QuakeCon, uh, Quake Remaster was shadow dropped on Ooh. all consoles, man. That came out of nowhere. Quake 2 and Quake 3 Arena are also dropped on PC Game Pass. But from what I've seen, uh, the Quake Remaster, um, it is being received extremely well right now. Oh, it looks really good. Yeah. So if you're a Quake fan, man, go go, go check that out. A special shadow dropped uh, surprise for you there. All right. So next, uh, the next piece of news we got here is involving Outriders. Uh, so the Outriders developer, uh, People Can Fly, recently said that they have not been paid any royalties from Square. Uh, leading CEO you know, said to believe that the game hasn't been deemed profitable, despite the launch player base being at $3.5 million. Uh, that's kind of sketch. In my, I understand it was on Game Pass Day 1. I get that. Um, but the fact that we're at a point now where you know they haven't received any sort of payment to me, like where it's not deemed profitable, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I just find that hard to believe. I understand it's a brand new IP, and I understand it's a brand new IP that necessarily didn't take the world by storm. But I don't know. I just find I, I find that tough to believe. What about you, Zach? Because you've actually played it. Yeah, I mean, the game was fun. The game is very fun. Uh, I got through more or less pretty much most of the main storyline. I just still mean to go back and finish it off. I mean, the game was fun. Uh, running dungeons with random groups was always fun. I um, It makes me very curious how the Game Pass works because, as you said, this was a day one Game Pass game. So I don't know how that works for publishers and developers for through Microsoft or whoever, if people download the game from uh, Game Pass, because they're not paying anything for that. They're just paying whatever subscription they're using for that Game Pass. So I'm curious how that works for the developers, because... They just get a fat check, is all I know. Well, that makes me curious of how much that is, because I could see that hurting it, depending on however that's done, and watch why it would not be profitable if it's not... Because I would guess it would be whatever the cost of the game is at the time when people download it or whatever its base price is but I don't know that for sure I'm assuming or what I would assume it would be would be depend they would track the number of downloads that the game actually gets during the like during whatever period it is yeah and then base I would assume they would base the amount of money they're going to give them from that off the number of downloads or number of People that do it might be how they track it. Yeah. But I don't know what percentage of, like, a game price it would be. Kind and of that's like what you that, were saying. Yeah. That's what's my concern is because <clears throat> if we deep dive, we could probably find out. But it makes me very curious how that affects. Because that that's always one thing that I've always been curious about Game Pass and them doing those. Day ones. Day ones. I mean, I understand it with sort of like uh, their exclusive Microsoft Studio exclusive and things like that. Right. Which is already in Microsoft's wheelhouse. But for things like... Uh, people can fly and that through Square Enix and not necessarily Microsoft. That always made me curious of how does that affect uh, sales and things like that. You know, now obviously them putting it out, you know, we, we can't, you know, that's just them trying to say that, hey, Game Pass is awesome. But Xbox has actually put out before 
you know, charts where it indicates that, hey, games being on Game Pass does lead to higher sales because it's just like, you know, people play it on Game Pass and they're just like, I want to own this. And they go out and buy it. And, you know, there, there's been multiple charts and statistics that Xbox and Microsoft have put out into showing that, look, Game Pass does great for sales. It increases sales for games. But I don't know. I mean, I think, the only, you know, with this game at this point not being profitable, one, I have no idea what the budget on this game was. So that obviously plays into one factor. Is it can be like a Marvel's Avenger type of situation where it's a shit, a fucking unbelievable budget and sells like 10 million, if that. I think, no, it's not even that. Like, Avengers sold like 2 million. I don't know, something stupidly low. Wakanda's apparently good. Yeah, apparently, apparently Wakanda is actually pretty fire. That has that is what I've seen. Is that game good yet? Well, apparently with like, with apparently War with for Wakanda, Re- yeah, yeah. Apparently with Wakanda, everyone's very hype about the DLC. So maybe it's time to play it. Right? Yeah, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for John to get into it. Uh, but you know, at the same time, like I feel like Outriders was a game that wasn't going to be a blowout seller to begin with. So I guess for me to say, you know, if, you know, if it's a sketch or not or whatever, is what was the budget on this game? Because I have no idea. You know, because I just, I, it's one of those things that I just didn't, I, I'm not surprised that if the game would not be profitable. Yeah. I, I just don't see it being, like a, you know, with it being a brand new IP and everything, I just don't see it being like this incredible blowout seller. But I don't know. Also curious, because I was excited about Outriders from watching trailers and stuff for it. The demo actually turned me off the game. Really? Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because when I played through it, I, it's like I played through it. A couple times, and from there, I was, I was like, you know what? I think I understand what this is, and it's not for me. Whereas before, like without a demo, I would have just straight bought the game. See, and I think that was a bit different for me because, um, realizing I'm in the minority of these, because when he was talking about Game Pass being a great seller for games, I'm like, I'm the opposite. I was a bunch of games I downloaded on Game Pass because I wanted to play them, played them for an hour, and went. Don't actually like this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for the demo, glad basically. I, glad I didn't pay for it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I was a bit opposite of Outriders with the demo. I mean, I enjoy the gunplay, the ability use and everything, and just the mix and matching. Yeah, I mean, it flowed really well. Yeah. It just it didn't. It, it turned out it wasn't what I was looking for. It wasn't exactly what I was wanting. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, next thing we have, uh, this is actually really, this is actually really exciting. Um, so this, uh, you know, just the other day we did have a new gameplay trailer that dropped for Black Myth Wukong. This is a game that was revealed last year out of nowhere with a gameplay re- reveal last year. Like that is how the reveal was. It was like a 20 minute trailer of here's the gameplay and the studio. I think it's like Sunrise, maybe. I think it's the name of the studio. They were basically like, okay, we're going to go back into hiding for a while. We'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Yeah. It's like, enjoy this trailer. Looked awesome. I've talked about it here on Lighthearted before. Uh, that is a game that I am personally really excited for. We just got a new 4K. Uh, trailer for this game that you know and this looked even better because now they've upped the game to unreal engine 5 and jesus christ does it show i mean this, like there there was a lot of you know small things i know john looked at because when john's even admitted when it comes to these he likes to look for the little things but i mean this game absolutely looks incredible it's basically a souls-like game that's based on you know wukong journey to the west type of situation i mean i thought the trailer looked absolutely incredible you know john what was your thoughts checking it out because i know that you said this is a game that's been on your radar as well it's it's one that I've just kind of looked into every now and then to see if new information's come out for it. Usually just, like, the video will pop up for me. I'm like, oh, well, let's actually check this out now. Because, you know, you sent me the video for it this time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
And uh, overall, it looked really incredible. Yes. Because it it being upgraded to Unreal Engine 5 was a massive difference from how it looked previously. Yeah. And overall, overall looks good. Combat, for the most part, looks pretty good. There was just a few kind of graphical things that caught my eye in it. uh, And some funky-looking AI. Right. Uh for the most part, but overall, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I am too. Now, one question I do have, because while I agree with you, I think the gameplay looks like a lot of fun. I'm so hyped for this game. Do you, th- I mean, I, I understand this is, I guess, like, you know, just what Souls games are. I, I've never been big into Souls games, but do you, did you feel like the gameplay was like maybe a little too repetitive, a little too stale, like there's not enough to it? Again, I think the gameplay looks fun for what I want out of this. You know, I, I do, but I don't know. But did you think that all? Cause I, you know, when, 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 when they were fighting the dragon, it was just like the same couple combos repeated the over combos and over again. were one of the things that immediately stuck out to me okay. as, not nothing's really happening here. We're doing the same thing yep. over and over again, which is fine if it looks cool or if there's something happening with it. But overall, it it just seemed kind of bland as far as combat went. See, that's the, I I thought the combat looked great. It flowed well. I can only imagine how great it's going to feel with a DualSense controller, right? But that was my complaint, is that I felt like the combat was a little bland, especially if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, don't quote me on this, when the game was revealed last year and they, they did a brief interview on it, they said that you were going to be able to use, like, I think, I could be wrong again, like 70 plus of Wukong's abilities that, you know, that he's had throughout, you know, the history of Journey to the West and that's just more that's popped up over time, whatever, in stories. Like, if that's the case, like, like, shouldn't the game, shouldn't the combat be a little bit more, you know, diverse in a way? Or, I mean, are they just, I, I'd assume they're just yeah. trying to obviously hold it, stuff back. But it, it, it might be a case of one of those things where they've upgraded the engine. Yeah. But, and they wanted to show off everything in the new engine but didn't quite have enough time to get all of their all of their combat stuff all of all their animations and everything actually mm. ready in time for them when they wanted to show this off right but at the same time i mean they're just kind of dropping stuff whenever they want to that's true they, so, they're going by the beat of their own drum right now so at this they could have probably put it off a little bit but who knows how long it would take them to actually get all of that ready fair enough this is a game that anytime something comes out for it, I'm definitely going to take the time to highlight it here on this show. Because even though, like, the original trailer, this one that just came out, even though, like, they're getting, like, double-digit million views, I just don't feel like anyone's talking about it, you know? And, like, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Like, you feel like people are starting to get a little bit more on board with it now. But, man, anytime something pops up, we're talking about it on the show. Because I want to highlight this game. Because I really do think it looks legit. And I'm I'm so, so pumped for it. Um, ne- all right, so the next piece. This is actually a, a pretty big uh, piece of news that came out this week, and it brought up a, it brought up a lot of hatred, brought up a lot of annoyance, brought up a lot of concern, and this involves Halo Infinite. Obviously, Halo Infinite was supposed to be a launch title last year. Okay, it's on the it's on the fucking Xbox Series Xbox. I mean, they were banking on this being a launch title, a big launch title. Got delayed for a year now. Uh, we still don't have a release date, even after the uh, the the gameplay like reveal we had a couple months ago at E3. 
Uh, still no release date, just still slated for fall 2021. Well, uh, that release date is still set for fall 2021. Now that we have the Call of Duty release date of uh, November 5th, I would anticipate this game coming out end of October, end of November, maybe early December. One, somewhere in that range, because I know we were kind of wanting to space it out a little bit. You know, we got Battlefield in October. They have um, her, uh, Forza at the beginning of November for their you know first party thing, and they don't want to compete with COD. Uh, but it is still slated for fall this year. Now, the big things that got a lot of people upset, Campaign Co-op and Forge will not be available at launch. The only things at launch is going to be the single-player co-op and the, the standard multiplayer. Uh, the Campaign Co-op is slated for Season 2, Forge Season 3. Seasons are going to be about three months long. Uh, they do have a Year 1 roadmap post-launch already created. Um, but, uh, boys, how, how do you how do you feel on this news that... Campaign co-op, a massive feature that a lot of Halo fans want in this game. You know, in our great 50 greatest games, we talked about Halo. You know, when it came to the Halo campaign, it was never a question of, of you know, would you do it? It's like, when are we doing it? You know, that that's the thing. That's one. Of, that's a great experience with friends, right? You know, Forge, it, it's super cool. It gets a lot of cool game modes and stuff. But, you know, and a lot of people dig it. But I feel like the bigger hit here is definitely going to be the campaign co-op, in my opinion. You know, what, what are you guys' thoughts that the fact that this is not going to be ready at launch. We know this game has gone through multiple game uh, uh, directors. So it's just like, wow, this has really been a messy, messy development. You read the full article, didn't you? Yeah. With the, because the, the interview that was basically done in the article that was written is they said, we're not going to ship something that's not ready. But if you're shipping a campaign that doesn't have co-op. Yep. And it's a Halo campaign. To me, that's unfinished. I agree. I don't. I don't care if how good the campaign actually is. Halo is always, at least to me, and most everybody I know, it's been a co-op experience. Is I, what it's played as. I have no intention of playing this campaign by myself because I'm with you. It is a co-op experience. It is a fun time with friends. I was about to say. I mean, for I know our generation of gamers and whatnot. Halo is considered a couch co-op game because that's how most people got into Halo was playing campaign with a buddy or in things like that. Um, the fact that it's not releasing on release makes me go, hey, good thing the campaign and multiplayer are separate. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That, that that's was, true. That was one of my big thoughts too because I'm like, well, I, w I was really actually considering picking, picking up uh, Halo Infinite on release, but now I have no intention of picking it up and it's like when it does get added in, maybe. So when you when you say pick it up, you just mean the the campaign version, the, the right? Campaign, I, the campaign. Because the player is free to play, so you're yeah, still going to yeah, do that. The, okay. It's like okay. the campaign. I was like, I was considering picking it up because it's one of those ones where it's like, I'm, I'm positive at least a few of us would end up picking it up. Yep. But it, without it having the campaign or c the co-op with it, there's, there's no chance I'm picking it up. And, until at least the point that the co-op is added, which again, three months after launch, yeah, that's if they uh, that that's if they actually do stick with this fall release. You never know; they could pull the plug and be like, "Well, we're going to delay it again." You never know. That I don't think they will. I really don't. But it, at the same time, it would not shock me if Microsoft came out, Phil Spencer came out and said, "We're going to go ahead and delay Halo Infinite until next year." It would not shock me. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either because I mean, 
there has been quite a bit of backlash from that. Oh, yeah. Because that's how most people is the co-op. Standard game mode is not available till six months after release, basically. Yeah. You know, with, like, Forge, for example. That's mm. one of those, too. Like, what about it being, like, adding the co-op to it is making that part of it be delayed? It can't be, the like, the connectivity of it because they're working on their, their multiplayer at the same time. You'd think they'd have a system already developed for essentially matchmaking in that sense because it's essentially what you're doing. But, I mean, is it is it something with the level design of it not being balanced around it right now? Yeah. Did they, did they, it's like, it's got to be something like that. They they built the game and they went, oh, yeah, people are going to want to play this co-op. Right. See, and I'm with you. That's one of my big questions because, like, okay, if Forge is going to be delayed... Okay, I, I guess I can get that because it is obviously it's a very unique thing, right? It's a level editor. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. So that that's that's kind of more understandable. Or it's just like okay, I can get why that. But when if you're going to launch the single player campaign, but the co op's not okay, I'm with you, John. Why? Because that seems a little weird yeah. to me. It, it's got to be something with how they're essentially revamping how the world is that's not balanced around multiple people right now. Right. That's got to be what it is. It's not anything. It, it can't be anything to do with the campaign. They they have that. They're ready to ship that, they said. Yeah. I will say this, and this comes from uh, a longtime Halo fan. And, John, I feel like just from your stance on, um, you know, the, the campaign, I feel like you'd be in the same boat. Halo 5 sucked. I'll go ahead and say it up front. It, it, that was a very hardcore Call of Duty Halo skinned game up front. Halo 4 had a lot had a Halo feel to it, but it had a lot of Call of Duty feel to it, right? Halo Five was pretty much a Call of Duty Halo. Okay, now when it with that being said, I feel like Halo is in a place right now where Halo Infinite. I mean, I know Phil Spencer said Halo is going to always happen, and it is. I mean, let's be real, it is. But I feel like Halo Infinite really needs to knock it out of the park. So as a longtime Halo fan uh, who has been disappointed with the past couple, I would much rather them just delay the game at this point. Like, if it, the multiplayer is separate, right? Yeah. Cool. Let's launch that. The campaign. Don't even launch the single-player campaign. Just fucking delay it and just launch the multiplayer. That's my stance, personally. If you're having this much issues where you can't even launch a co-op campaign, but you're fine to launch a single-player, just delay the fucking game. Because this game, I really do feel like, needs to be an absolute success for the Halo franchise because of where we came from for the past two. And this right now... Uh, there is like almost no positive feedback on the internet when it comes to this from players. Uh, I, the main problem that Halo's had for the past few years, and the like, with Halo Four, Halo Five, um, it's it, Halo's gone through an identity crisis ever since Reach. True. Pretty much, is uh, they they saw the popularity of some of these like that Call of Duty just kept. Keeps doing its Call of Duty thing. Unfortunately. They, it's like they saw... Uh, we had, like, Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and all that come out. Good we've times. Had, we've had a bunch of new FPS games come out during this period where Halo has been very lackluster. They've been trying to pull from True. other games. They've been trying to revamp it to feel like these other games when really they just needed to... Be Halo. They needed to be Halo, but a bit faster. Yeah. And they they took that to not being Halo, really. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This, it's like if this one doesn't kind of knock it out of the park, if this one feels or doesn't feel Halo aside from the aesthetics, they're it's not going to be looking good for any any future releases. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to keep happening. I mean, it's like Call of Duty at this point. They're go- Halo is going to keep happening. It won't be obviously a yearly thing, but I'm with you. If this doesn't knock out of the park, it's just going to leave a sour taste for every future, you know, uh, Halo release to come. And you know, just and just from, and I'm, I'm not saying this just for because of the name itself, Halo Infinite. But I really do believe that with Halo Infinite and how they're handling the multiplayer, the possible teases of there being a BR from voice coding that was found and stuff, I really do think they, you know, Xbox, Phil Spencer, Microsoft, three four three, they really want Halo Infinite to be a long lasting game. They want it to run the test of time like Halo Three did for so long. Uh, like Halo Three is still running right now. Yeah. The servers are set to be shut down this December. Uh, that and that that's what they want out of this game. So, man, just del- <laughs> delay the game. Yeah. Fucking just delay it. Just release the multiplayer. Call that your holiday release. Just I mean I know it's free to play, but just delay the damn game at this point. Yeah, I mean if you want it to stand the test of time, kind of like Halo Three did when Halo Three was the powerhouse. Yep. Of the FPS world. You just, you got to make a solid Halo game. Yep. It's like, don't worry about any other games that are coming out around it. Don't worry about trying to meet a deadline. If you need to delay it, delay it. Like you said, multiplayer is its own, its own different thing. People, It's like people that aren't even big Halo fans, as long as the FPS feels good, they'll play it. Exactly. Especially, yeah, since it's going to be free to play. You ain't got to worry about that. People are going to play it. Yeah, people are going to play it. They're going to see free to play and went, sure. Yeah, it's going to have a massive player base just because of that alone, 100%. I mean, this news is disappointing. Uh, I was really looking forward to doing campaign call up with, with the boys uh, this year, but it will be interesting to see what it comes over the next couple of weeks. They did say the release date is coming soon, so... I would say I, I would not be surprised. Give it a couple weeks, and we could potentially get that release date. Hell, maybe even at Gamescom. Who knows? Um, and you know, we'll see if the, if it does stay true and it is coming out this fall. Again, I think it's going to be anywhere like late October. I would probably bank late November um, or maybe even early December. That'd be my guess. Uh, probably late November is kind of what I'm leaning towards. But I don't know. We'll see if it does come out. I, <laughs> I Like I said, I hope they delay it. I think that's the best course of action for this game. All right, let's hop over from there. Our final topic for the day, uh, which is going to be the Pokemon Presents that we had this past week. Uh, I will say one thing that was pretty interesting. Um, with this Pokemon Presents, for the most part, the internet was actually all positive for once, which doesn't happen with Pokemon. You know, I mean, there are... That doesn't happen with Nintendo in general. That's true. It doesn't, which is why it was so shocking. I mean, you still have your haters out there. I mean, you did. But for the most part, everyone was actually really, like, positive after this. I was like, oh, shit. Turning of a new page. Let's go. That's because they distracted everyone with the Pokemon Legends at the end. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, even Legends, like, it was, believe it or not, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this, John, but it was actually received very mixed with the initial reveal last uh, earlier this year. Uh, just because everyone, oh yeah, it, I mean it, it. I mean it was different, but it didn't look that great when yeah. they first showed I was about it. To say, off. When they first showed it, it didn't look good like, at all. It was like, okay, well here's your concept. Now show me something good. And I will say, even with this, like it did obviously look a lot better. There's a lot of as- aspects that look really solid, but I do think the world itself could still be improved upon. Uh, I do know the game is finished. 
the game is finished because we do have the full gig download amount. It will be 13 gigs for the game. Uh, so now they're in the polishing phase. So should be polished out pretty well. I think the best thing that came out of the Legends things, it evolves by absorbing the souls of all its dead. Fuck, that's so <laughs> fucked. That's so <laughs> fucked. All right. such a cheery voice. I know, man. That, that was Necra Gaming, too. I, I'm listening to her say that. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is dark. Anyway, so let's run through the presents. So they kick things off with Pokemon Unite news. Uh, Sylveon was officially announced. We knew that from Data Mine. And then we got a surprise announcement of Mamoswine reveal. Thick boy. Get your Blastoise talk out of here. We got Mamoswine. Yeah, in, okay. I, dude, Mamoswine, the little bit they showed looked legit. I'm pumped for Mamoswine. Uh, we do have an official mobile release of September 22nd. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious um, when when Bla- when these mons are going to come out. You know, Blast. I would assume Blastoise is going to be next, right? Never. Yeah, never. Ever at this point, but uh, I'm pumped for Mamoswine, man. Mamoswine looks like a blast. You know, honestly, when they showed off Mamoswine, I went, there's a new jungle camp, and then, like, playable characters. Like, someone's going to think that's a jungle camp and get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, they showed a little bit on po- Pokemon Cafe Mix and renamed it Pokemon Cafe Remix. Fucking cop out on that name. Hey, I mean, at least it's better when they came up with Pokemon Master Sex when that started twin- trending all over Twitter. Capitalization. It's important, everyone. Uh, speaking of Pokemon Masters, they are going to be celebrating two-year anniversary. A bunch of legendary sync pairs, including In and Reshiram, for example. Uh, I know uh, right now, I believe Leon and Eternius is in the game. Lots of different sync pairs going to come back, and uh, you know some other legendary mons that you can pair up with. Um, Pokemon, and then we got a good look at Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, a Shining Pearl. Okay, so what we got going on here? Some old features, of course, set to return, like the underground contest stickers. Contest actually looks pretty dope now. Uh, the underground coming back is cool. You know, you can build your own secret bases and everything, like you could once upon a time dig for fossils, etc. Uh, but the one thing they, that is new is it's called Pokemon Hideaways. Uh, so this is found in the gr- in the grand underground, whatever. And basically, the po- uh, the Pokemon Hideaways is their it's their cop out to fix the decks problem. You know, because I, I, t- I mentioned to you, Zach, how the original Diamond and Pearl only literally had, like, five fire Pokemon. That was it. I thought Three it was, of them being the starters. I thought it was funny where, uh, during, you know, when they were showing off the hideaways, they were just like, and you can only find certain Pokemon here, Houndor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they specifically showed off the fire types. And when it comes to your, your secret bases are actually going to matter now because, like, the different statues that you can put on there will initiate. Help determine what yeah, that hideout is. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, at least that at least they are fixing the, the decks in some capacity. I would have just preferred, hey, let's just make it like, you know, just put, bring in some platinum elements, you know. Put in the, it, it didn't have, you don't have to go to hideaways. Just put them on fucking routes. It's not a big deal. Oh, man, this is. This is Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, not some sort of platinum. I know, I know. Um, but, hey, we are going to get Overworld Pokemon plus following Pokemon again. It's always cool to see that come back. Uh, following Pokemon is dope. I, they, they don't use it enough, so it is cool to see that being a thing. Uh, you can customize your hair and clothing, whatever, and there is going to be a special edition Switch Lite releasing on November 5th. This Switch Lite is an, ex- is an exact, basically, replica in terms of design of the Diamond and Pearl DS that came out 10 years ago. I feel like we just talked about them needing to make more. We did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to that, man. Uh, There's also going to be a uh, Manaphy egg that you can get in a, uh, like a, you know, mystery gift, whatever that's going to be running until February of next year. Uh, But as a massive uh, Diamond and Pearl fan, you know, overall, I mean, I was very impressed with everything they showed. I'm, I'm super pumped for this. Uh, I'm still going to, I'm going to hold out a sliver of hope that there will be some, some platinum elements within the game. I feel like throughout the trailer with a couple things they said where it's just like uh, another world and stuff like 
they they spe- you know, specified how that was worded. I was like, that could be referencing the distortion world. That's a platinum thing. So I was like, okay, that would be dope. I mean, so I'm going to hope for some platinum elements. I, I At this point, I don't think there's going to be a lot of I really do think these are going to be pretty faithful remakes with a couple of exceptions. But, I mean, overall, I personally was very pleased with everything they showed. The games obviously definitely looked a lot better. Um, you know, from the original reveal earlier, and you know, just tree textures, just the way your your character looks and everything, everything looked a lot better. But I'm personally really pumped for these games. I'm ready to I'm ready to get the double pack in my hands and play through them again. And then the uh, obviously the big one, what closed out the show, took like 15 minutes of the show out of this 28 minute presents Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus. Uh, so. First and foremost, uh, it is still set for the release date that it is. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I was kind of. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, oh, we're going to delay it a little bit. Nope. Still set for January 28th, uh, 2022. So that's going to be an awesome way to kick off the new year. Uh, we, we did get an official name for the region called the Hisuya region. Uh, this is obviously, as we already knew, pre-Sinnoh, but we do have the name for the region itself. You're going to be part of a of a survey group building that first Pokedex. Yeah, research team is what it says. I enjoyed the professor in it because I like he's just like, hey, these are three Pokemon I found in my travels. Which one you want? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Oops. Which, uh, you know, one, one thing that I want to point out with this survey team, the logo for it was hella sus to me because it looks like the Team Galactic logo kind of like just really altered. Oh, that's funny. I, 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 that's what, when I saw that logo, I'm like, that's Team Galactic. Like, that is 1,000% Team Galactic. I'm not buying this shit at all. And then, obviously, we already know, like, the leader of the survey team is, like, uh, Rowan's uh, ancestor. We already know that. And then the one of the other members of the survey team, I don't know if it was confirmed in this, but just from looks, from appearance, I'm willing to bet as an ancestor of Cyrus, who is the boss of Team Galactic. So there's going to be some sketchy shit going on in this survey group. I'm calling it right now. Um, now, a couple cool things that was revealed. Uh, I mean, I'm... I'm not a massive Gen 7 fan, but one cool thing that they did introduce was the re- regional variant forms, and I'm glad those have not gone away because we do have Hisuian forms on the way with Growlithe and Bravery, for example. Growlithe being a fire rock type, looking adorable as ever. And I got to say, I'm really excited to see what Arcanine's going to look like because if you guys happen to remember, Arcanine was supposed to be a legendary Pokemon back yep. in Gen 1. I mean, hell, even the, the original Indigo League anime teased it as a legendary Pokemon in one of the first episodes where, and I mean, you where, can, yeah, where Ash like, looked at the big tablet and it showed the three birds and it showed Arcanine. Yeah, and you could sort of see it even when later when we got the three legendary dogs. You could yep. sort of see it in Entei and Growlithe's sort of similar looks. Yep, so I'm really excited to see what... It, well... Who knows? May not even be Arcanine. Could just be a new evolution. That's another thing to keep in mind. You know, that is possible. I mean, look at Galarian Mr. Mime going to Mr. Rhyme, you know. So, could just be an entire, or uh, uh, Galarian uh, uh, Meowth going to a Berserker, for example. So, it could just be a whole new evolution, but super excited to see what it turns into. Uh, Bravery being a psychic normal type looks pretty cool. You can use uh, Bravery to actually fly around the region. Uh, and when it, when, from what they were showing, you can actually fly yourself it's not going to be like the the corvanite taxi where yeah. it just immediately you know you know uh, screen switch takes you you fly yourself which is pretty dope uh we did get cut we did get two uh Hisuian evolutions that were revealed uh why uh deer uh the evolution of uh stantler stantler making a comeback stantler being important it's about god damn time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's going to be uh, a normal psychic i believe is what it was and you can ride him so, John, I bet you're pumped for that, yeah, riding riding that deer God. around the region. And now everyone's favorite ghost fish. He looks Man. so adorable. He does look really dope. He looks majestic as fuck. 
Uh, and then, yes, the ghost fish, of, which first off, I got to say, one of the best names in Pokemon, Basculegion. The evolved form of Basculin, a Gen 4 Pokemon that's been unbelievably irrelevant. Uh, is it Gen 4? Might be Gen 5. Basculin might be a Gen 5. Where you know, the only relevance to it is that, oh, you have a blue stripe or you have a red stripe. Go catch it. That's the only relevance. Other than that, it's a shitty mon. But now you have Basculegion, a giant-ass fish that you can ride through the waters. And like we mentioned when we first started talking about this, the evolution for it sounds dark as fuck. Because how it evolves is that it basically takes on the souls of other Basculin that died when trying to go upstream. And those souls push it forward to continue swimming upstream it's so man i love love the back the lore of pokemon man because some of them are so dark dude they really are because uh, i know like um uh, i think it was uh hatine uh hatine one of the new uh gen 8 mons uh like the lore basically says if you're too loud it's gonna beat you to death up front it will literally murder you in cold blood uh, I, cause I, I saw a funny meme about it recently where it's just like, you know, if, if you're crying, you know, Blissey will like bring you an egg. You're like, here you go. Here's an egg. Be happy. But then it's like, you know, the other one, uh, you know, Hatterene is, is the one I'm referencing. Uh, Hattene is one of the evolutions. It's like Hatterene was like, we'll beat you to death if you're too loud. So like if you're out in the Pokemon world, you got a 50, 50 chance of getting an egg or getting your shit wrecked and dying. So, and speaking of dying, one thing they made sure to kind of showcase in this is that you can be attacked by the Pokemon, like you as the trainer. Yeah. So I guess you can die out there. You can and die from an Ursaring chasing you down. What, what I loved was one of the comments where people were just like, oh, how the times have changed. Who's in the grass now, Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lurk around the grass trying to capture them, get the notes on them and stuff. Um, overall, what, what was you guys' thoughts on this? You know, are you were you guys overall pretty impressed? Because me personally, I'm I'm all in on this. This looks dope. I'm here for it. I'm you know, it's also obviously a, basically a Gen Four game. You know, being pre Sinnoh, so I'm automatically in on that. But what do you what do you guys think on it? I mean, I'm much more uh, hyped for it. I mean, originally when it was announced and whatnot, I was sort of like, eh, another Pokemon game. But now actually, them showing stuff, everything, and we sort of getting this uh, pre gens uh game right i'm actually very much looking forward to and curious to see how it goes and also curious of if they might do this in some other regions and what now going forward that would be dope things like that that'd be super cool what about you john i'm actually excited about pokemon legends now okay and because before it, it sounded like an interesting idea what they were going for but they didn't really show us a whole lot and what they did show us didn't look too spectacular uh, now it actually looks pretty good, and uh, we didn't even talk about the uh, the the varying combat system. Now that's mm-hmm. true. Strong style, and was it just quick style? Agile, agile, agile style. style. Agile. Thank you. Thank you. So having the ability to to change between your your two different styles and and be able to go multiple times in a row is actually going to probably drastically change up how battles work sometimes. Oh, it most definitely is because, yeah, as John was saying, it's more or less changed instead of just a straight turn base. You hit them, they hit me. It's now has actual RPG turn base. And as he was saying, you can use the strong style, agile style, or you can just use the regular attack by itself without a style. Yeah. yeah. And the it, it's got a turn order like in the top right of the screen for the battles. And depending on your speed stat determines... Uh, not only if you go before them, but how many times you go before them. Mm-hmm. 
One uh, one random tidbit, and I, you know, one random tidbit I want to throw out there, and then I also want to capitalize on, on this conversation as well, is um, one thing that I'm curious about is do you is when it comes to our three starters that you get to see, being Cyndaquil, Oshawott, and uh, Rowlett, do you guys think there's a possibility that we could get some sort of alternate final evolution forms for them, or is it you think it's going to be the standard ones? I mean, I could see it. I, whether they actually choose to do it is questionable. It is questionable. But because the whole fact that, as I mentioned, the professor's like, these are Pokemon I found in my travels, so that sort of implies that he got them from the original regions mm-hmm. rather than that region itself. So... If they did do that, that'd be sort of surprising. It'd be definitely cool, but it, I'm not, I don't lean towards it. I'm, I'm ready to play with my boy Oshawott, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, you know, capitalizing on this conversation about the bi- battle style and stuff, one thing that was announced in this presents that I just remembered is when it comes to VGC, VGC will be staying on Sword and Shield in the future. It will not be on uh, Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. And in fact, I don't know if they even mentioned if uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl is going to have online, you know, battle play. If it does, I, oh, they I, did say yeah. they will not have a ranked ladder. That I know they did say. So I'm assuming they will have the battle play, which that is how Diamond and Pearl was. They didn't have a ranked ladder either. So now the question is, with VGC staying on Sword and Shield, which honestly makes sense, Sword and Shield is a very successful game and a great game for VGC. Great game for competitive Pokemon because of what they did in the game itself to make competitive Pokemon so easy to get into. Do you think for like maybe it, like a Gen 9, if this new styling that they've done for Legends is received really well, do you think that could be implemented into future mainline games? That's a tough question. I mean, I most definitely think it could. Because, I mean, the gameplay that we saw from the present, I'm very interested in. It's definitely changed from just the walk around, find Pokemon, attack. So I'd be very much more for this style if it plays well. Right. I don't know if it would be implemented, at least not for a long time. Because I would assume if it's received well when it comes out, they may look into like another region doing it uh, uh, that we're already familiar with and maybe not necessarily like going back in time or anything and showing us what it used to look like, but may just give us a region we've already explored before in the style of this game mm-hmm. or something similar to that. But as far as it, as far as like a future generation being that style, they would have to see, they would probably have to see multiple, like, grand successes from games, like, in this different style. Right. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, you know, uh, still talking about the VGC thing, I, I don't think it's a bad thing, like I said, for uh, VGC to be staying in Sword and Shield. I really don't. And, you know, one thing I got to say involving VGC, man, it, it, it is a real shame that VGC, it, it really got hurt. Because of COVID, a lot of events got canceled. Obviously, the the worlds got canceled and everything, and 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 that sucks for it because you had so many new players getting into competitive Pokemon because of how easy it was to get in competitive Pokemon. You know, as I've said before, this game, you know, Sword and Shield, it does so much to, the, to make VGC so you know easy to get into. So, I, you know, from what I saw online, not the random fans. The random players, right, are the ones bitching about the fact that VGC is staying on Sword and Shield. I saw a lot of actual competitive players, like Wolfie, 
uh, like Aaron Sabatron Zhang, for example, and, and old others who have said that, hey, I don't think this is a bad thing. Sword and Shield is great for the competitive game. Um, so, and, and I agree with them, just looking at it from, you know, the point of view of how easy competitive is to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am curious uh, what Diamond, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl is going to do for any sort of battling, because I know one common issue for Sword and Shield that it has is has a dog shit timer for singles play. You know, there's a lot of singles players who basically don't get to have their experience because of the shit timer in Sword and Shield that cannot be changed. So I'm curious if Diamond and Pearl will fix that, and if that happens, uh, will we see singles play? You know, obviously not on a po- an official Pokemon level, but will we see singles play transition over to BDSP as its primary game? That is one thing that I am curious to see. No, we're going to get competitive Pokemon tournament or contest. Let's fucking do it. I'm in. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it and let's go. <laughs> um, but overall, I mean, the, the Pokemon Presents was, uh, to me, a massive success. Like I said, a lot of people were actually very positive about it. No real negativity on this game, which is out of the norm. Um, Legends was received very well. Uh, BDSP was received very well. I mean, overall, I think there's a lot to be excited for right now uh, as a Pokemon fan over the next six months or so. Uh, looking forward uh, to getting, um, the, like I said, the double pack for BDSP. Kind of thinking about getting that special edition Switch because I still regret to this day not buying the Sword and Shield one. Still regret that to this day. I, I, I had one in front of me, and I did not buy it. That was a mistake. I regret that every single day of my life. So may may pick up uh, this special edition Switch. But, um, I mean, really, that, that does it for the show, though, uh, unless you guys have any final thoughts on any uh the Pokemon stuff. I mean, I don't really have any final thoughts. I mean, the... Overall, the presentation was good. Legends looked good. Definitely more hype about it. Um, I might try Gen 4 for the first time with the remakes coming out in nice. November. Um, going to strictly not use Fire Pokemon just to spite you. That's fine. <laughs> it's not going to spite me. I mean, it is what it is. I didn't use Fire Pokemon through like my first two playthroughs. So yeah. It is what it is to me. John, what about you? Any last thoughts on the Pokemon Presents? Kind of like Zach said, overall... I enjoyed it. It was it was a pretty well done. Uh, yes, it is raining. Just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 was a, it was a pretty well done kind of presentation that they had. Uh, for the most part, I'd say I, I like the Pokemon Unite U- news. Uh, getting the sp- surprise Mamoswine there really kind of made me, really kind of made that for me. Everything else I was kind of expecting. Like, it kind of, there's not much they're going to do with that that's going to shock you. In which the Mammoth Swine thing was interesting, considering it was not amongst any of the data mine stuff that... True, uh, true. This one was one they were just uh, kind of working on in secret, I guess. Uh, that's that's honestly what kind of uh, made it exciting, is everybody's been hearing about all these other characters, movesets for them and everything, and then... And then the team over there is just like, man, you you think you know what's going on over here? You think you know you're getting a fat squirrel? Well, here's a here's here's mammoth yeah. Hey, John, remember when the entire Apex community got bamboozled? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, like I said, that is it for the show. Uh, we don't got anything else to line up. Pretty pretty leaf, uh, beef, beefy show today. We had a lot of games to talk about. A lot of big news going on this past week with Halo and Pokemon Presents and everything. Uh, with that said, uh, boys, got any last thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, if you would, like, comment, rate, subscribe, uh, whatever your platform allows. If you like what's going on on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button. And if you really like what's going on, you can hit the notification bell. And it'll let you know anytime we post up a video or a clip. You can do that at YouTube.com slash Sparky3. 
Yeah. And as always, thanks for having me on. Had a good time. Yeah, this was actually a really good episode. We had a lot of good talking points today. So if you guys made it all the way to the end, you're, you're absolutely fantastic. We appreciate you for that. Do everything that Zach did and more. Uh, just be a friend. Tell a friend. We'd greatly appreciate that. And um, make sure to go check out like Anime and Plus. Uh, make sure to go follow us at Twitter at LH Gamers Podcast. Uh, the Patreon's a great way to support us further. Subscribe to the channel, man. Um, and uh, definitely go check out Lot Hard Gamers episode fifty. I'm still gonna keep plugging that one for a few more weeks, probably. It's yeah. a good, it's a good episode, man. A lot of good games on there that you guys need to definitely check out for sure. Um, but with that said, let's go ahead and get ourselves out of here. It is storming over here, and I'm kind of scared we're gonna lose power any second because that's how this neighborhood goes sometimes. <laughs> so I don't want that to happen. So let's get out of here. Have a good one, guys. See you next time. Bye.